So with your indulgence, tonight I'm going to tell you all about one of my earliest gay experiences. It was in high school. A friend and I met up privately, got in the car, and went downtown to see a performance of Side by Side by Sondheim. The lights dropped and there were suddenly three singers on stage, along with the evening's host, Cyril Richard, if you remember him, who died soon after that performance and was replaced by Shari Lewis and Lamb Chop, who, in my second time seeing the show, stole the show, performing Little Lamb from Gypsy in a pin spot on a black stage. Before this near coming out experience, of Side by Side by Sondheim, I'd only caught bits and pieces of Stephen Sondheim. I'd heard Judy Collins singing Send in the Clowns. I'd seen West Side Story, but I already sensed that there was something in Sondheim's outlook, something in his worldliness and cleverness that was or was going to be important to me, that in some way was about me. So I went. After the show, I bought the album and then listened to it incessantly until I knew every word, until I could sing the patter from Not Getting Married or Another Hundred People as fast as anyone. I played the sheet music on piano until I could get through most of the songs. I don't know if all of that obsessing over the words and melodies of Sondheim was a separate gay act or a long, languorous continuation of the first. And from that point, Sondheim was more or less in my life for good. Annabelle Kaufman and I realized just last week that we both saw the same London production of Sweeney Todd in the summer of 1980. And in the early 2000s, the Kinsey Six recorded a parody of one of his songs. We don't know if he ever heard it, but we counted ourselves lucky not having gotten sued. I'm sure many people in the room have their own Sondheim stories, favorite songs or shows that you've seen or been in. So many of his words have been part of the culture, especially his earliest ones. Raise your hand now if you have ever said, everything's coming up roses. Now leave your hand up if you followed that with, and daffodils. Okay, checking. And Sondheim's melodies have become part of the soundtrack of our lives, at least the easy melodies, because he mostly liked to write complicated. Complicated ideas and feelings wrapped up in complicated internal rhyme, sitting on what is often unsingable music. And sometimes that stuff can leave us cold. But sometimes it speaks to us. His urban, urbane remove isn't just snobbiness. There's something gay in it. This vantage point of being an observer of the action as much or more than a participant in it. While written as a straight character, Bobby, the protagonist of Company, represented the experience of so many gay men of the era. Alone, amongst their straight couple friends, always fixed up, never destined for easy, publicly sanctioned love. 
men for whom heteronormative marriage was never a natural alternative. That sense of in it but not of it is not just a gay vantage point in 20th century art, but a Jewish vantage point also. American Ashkenazi Jews of the mid-20th century, the children or grandchildren of immigrants, were also involved in a struggle to assimilate into a culture that wasn't theirs. And they often had dramatic influence on that culture, creating much of what we imagine as American. But still, maybe because of that authorship, having a burdensome awareness of the artificiality of American culture, the arbitrariness of naturalness. So we see in his writing that deep Jewish longing to let go and belong, even while questioning the authenticity of the thing we want to belong to. That overly intellectual reserve sometimes gets read as cynical. So much of Sondheim sounds cynical at first blush. But that tone often masks real feelings, real struggles, pain, longing, and insight. So much insight. From Into the Woods, we learn not to trust easy, happy endings, because act two is always coming. From Follies, we learn that nonetheless, love is possible and can be articulated even late in the game. From Sweeney Todd, we learn to consider the contents of what we consume. From West Side Story, we learn that there is a place for us somewhere, a place for us. From Company, we learn that relationships don't have to fit a mold. We can be just as warm, just as cozy, side by side by side. From Anyone Can Whistle, we lean into what it is like to feel out of step when what is natural to others feels unnatural to us. Or on a purely spiritual level, what it is like to live so alone in these disconnected bodies when we know, when we sense that we come from such a great connected oneness. The title song, Anyone Can Whistle, contains medicine for it, the medicine of reaching out beyond one's own boundaries, asking for help and witnessing and companionship, asking to be called. The song is part lament and part prayer, a prayer for all of us gay or Jewish or overthinky people imprisoned in the safe refuge of our heads. It is a prayer that we might give up the fight and crack open at last. Anyone can whistle, that's what they say, easy. Anyone can whistle, any old day, easy. It's oh, so simple, relax. Let go, let fly 
So someone tell me why can't I? I can dance a tango, I can read Greek easy. I can slay a dragon any old week easy. What's hard is simple, what's natural comes hard. Maybe if you show me how to let go, lower my guard, learn to be free. Maybe if you whistle, whistle.